Hey there, I'm Amanda Marcotte and this is How to Be a Badass-ish. The truth is, we're all badasses, we just forget. Because we also forget that we're human and sometimes we fall on our face. Join me in celebrating all life's failures because ultimately, that's the only way we grow. Good morning, everybody. This is Amanda, and today I wanted to talk about success. So I talk a lot about failures on here because I genuinely believe that the only way that we grow is by learning from our failures, and the only way that we learn from them is to actually fail, and yet Failures are not celebrated past the age of like three, right? Because I've yet to meet a single person who told a toddler that just learned how to walk that they were a failure in life and a horrible human being because they could not yet ride a two-wheel bike. Well, they just learned how to walk. They just barely stopped falling on their butt. So why on earth would we expect them to be able to do the X Games, right? Like when you put it into that context, all of a sudden it seems super asinine to have those expectations. And yet that's what we do to teenagers, to college kids, to adults who start their own business, we do that to ourselves. We do that to our family members, to our friends. We have this huge expectation of what success actually is. And it dawned on me the other day, and it was totally by accident because I was following this person on Instagram. And I realized that this person has like 11,000 followers on Instagram and she's got a very successful uh, shop business on here. And I don't recall exactly what the tag is and I apologize for that, but she actually makes these amazing workbooks that you sell uh, for the full moon and for the new moon and to kind of document what was going on and seeing if it came full circle and all of those fun witchy things that I just genuinely enjoy. Um, that's not the point. The point is, from most people's perspective, 11,000 followers having this beautifully designed Instagram, having a store that is flawless, that doesn't work, that's totally automated, I know nothing else about this woman whatsoever. So to me, she is the ultimate success, right? Um, another person, everybody knows Tony Robbins and everybody knows Oprah. They are obviously a success. But the reason that they're a success is because they're multi-millionaires, because they have seven or eight facets of income, because they have personal jets and travel all over the world and everybody knows their name. And it dawned on me that when I was still doing my graphic design business, I was striving for this level of perfection and success that was a complete illusion. I don't necessarily want to be Oprah. I don't know if I want that level of fame because the other side of what comes with fame is you no longer have 
privacy, right? Not all of us can be Janet Jackson and have these this unbelievably famous family and unbelievably famous life and yet be so awesomely private. Like people didn't know that she was married for something ridiculous, like five years, Janet Jackson. And it's because she had to practice privacy. She had to practice privacy in the same way that you and I have to practice self-care. Like it is the ultimate priority before anything else. And I don't necessarily want to be super huge and famous. I kind of want to be this, this Instagram account, this witchy Instagram account where there's a couple thousand people that know me. Okay, cool. And when I put out products or classes that reflect all of the tech witch stuff that I am so good at, then people buy it. And that feels successful to me. And I'll tell you why. Because when I had my graphic design business, I strive so hard to be known by everybody, loved by everybody, bring in huge amounts of dollar dollar bills, right? And it almost killed me. I had a minor stroke, a very minor stroke. Thank God it was extremely minor. Um, I was grossly obese and overweight and unhealthy and I couldn't sleep. And I had absolutely no libido and I had cystic acne. Like I've listed off all of these things many times before. I was absolutely miserable in my life when I was striving for this success image that I believed was the only way. And it's interesting because when I gave all of that up, I thought about that story. And I don't know if you guys have ever heard this story. It kind of is the epitome of how Americans especially think, right? Probably some Europeans as well, because there's a lot of countries. And unfortunately, I've never visited Europe. Thank goodness for the internet, because that connects me to a lot of people I would never meet otherwise. Um, but they have the, the what's, what are we called? The commercial society? I don't know. The selfish society? All of those are accurate. They're not the, the correct term that I'm looking for, but they're accurate. And so this story goes, this really rich businessman goes to some remote island. Let's say Thailand, because that was pure paradise to me when I went. And they see this guy sitting by the ocean and he has a little tiny boat. And the guy says, well, what do you do with this boat? And he goes, oh, every morning I wake up and I go out onto the ocean and I spend a couple of hours on the ocean and I get some fish and I come back and I it's feed my family. It's 10 o'clock, guys. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, so the... The businessman says, okay, so you go out on the ocean, you feed your family, you get a couple of fish, you come home, and then you do it all again. You know, if you invested in a bigger boat and actually got more fish, you could sell those fish locally. You could actually have your own business. And then you could expand and expand until you have an entire fleet of boats where you're making millions of dollars and you're being able to ship this all over the world. And then when you retire, you could just have a little boat and go out onto the ocean and fish for your family and be set for life. And the man on the beach looked at him and he goes, why would I waste 
40 years of my life to find happiness when all I have to do is wake up every morning and it's right there. So I love that story, even with the interruptions of my computer announcements, because it epitomizes the the problem that we have, that we strive for this epic success. Like the only way that you are successful in life is if you have millions of followers and millions of dollars in your bank account and this amazing mansion and a boathouse and yachts and all of these things. And that's what I strive for. But I neglected the entire reason I was striving for that, which was relationships and freedom and a healthy body and time to myself. Now define irony, and I don't think that this works this way for everybody. It definitely 1000% worked this way for me. When I gave all that up and I walked away and I went, no, there's gotta be better ways to make money to make sure that my family has the basics. I need shelter, I need to feed my son, I need to feed myself. I need to be able to have time where I can meditate and tap out because I am an introvert and crowds exhaust me sometimes because I also am empathic and clairvoyant and all of those fancy terminology things that means that I am extra sensitive. And when I was running my business, the way that I saw for example, Gary V. Gary V is infamous for this. Just keep hustling. Just keep moving. Work 18 hours a day for the next five years. Um, I don't remember the entire time my son was three years old. So I hustled like that. Like he taught us, like the American dream has conditioned us that that is the only way that you make it. And I did not see my son the entire time he was three years old. I'm not even exaggerating. I go back and I look at videos and pictures because I'm obsessive with my redundant backup. So I've got them on a slideshow on my on my TV with the Apple TV. I have um, physical copies. I have digital copies. I have them physically on my phone. I have digital backups. Like I'm so afraid of losing pictures. And this is why when I look at the entire year my son was three years old, I have no, and I mean no, recollection of any of those moments. I don't remember a single thing. And it it makes me want to cry because here I was buying into the bullshit of what we believe success is, what we've been trained to believe that success is, and yet the, the reasons that I was doing all of these things to become quote unquote successful um, were completely diminished and neglected and forgotten. So here's the beautiful thing. With the invention of the internet, and this is one of the reasons I truly believe that older generations, especially baby boomers, totally hate millennials. Because if you go back even just to the 80s, let's say the 90s, right before the internet was really a thing, you go back to the 90s, and it was still normal 
to have to get a job somewhere, work in nine to five and work your ass off. You stay there for 20 or 30 years. You work your way up from a peon to middle management to a supervisor and you're like set for life, right? You have you have uh, retirement, 401k, all the fancy sparkly things that were acceptable and normal and attainable back then. Then the internet came out and the crash happened because older generations, and this is where as, as political as I'm going to get on this one, older generations became so unbelievably self-absorbed and selfish that they forgot two major components. You take care of your children and your children's children. That is your job. Once you get to be an adult, everything that you do should be to set up for future generations to succeed, right? Because if you can't do that, if you can't accomplish that, just as a parent, let alone as a society, then you have failed every single generation after that. Um, there's actually a proverb, and I don't remember it, what country it comes from. It's it's one that is that still honors their elders because their elders deserve to be honored. They do not make decisions until they have consulted everybody and figured out what will happen and how it will affect the next seven generations. They do not change policies. They do not um, make rules or laws or punishments or anything until they know how it will affect the next set of seven generations. And we're talking about like a, a very enlightened society, one that we in modern times would possibly say third world or would say um, ancient, or would say, um, you know, shamanistic, like, like these remote cultures. And we look at them like they're these terrible, terrible things. And oh my God, I'm so sorry you don't have an iPhone that causes huge amounts of stress and anxiety. And I'm so sorry that you don't have the internet to be able to yell at people through Facebook because you don't agree with their opinions instead of having a face-to-face -face human connection with them. And I'm so sorry that you don't have power so that you have to go to bed and go with your natural cycle, how nature intended it, when the, the sun sets, right? Like, so for us to look at cultures that don't have these modern technologies and everything, that these cultures simultaneously do not have the diseases that Americans have. They don't have the extreme amount of heart disease and diabetes and cancers and stress and anxiety and depression and on and on and on because we've done it to ourselves, striving to be successful. Successful in the way that we buy ourselves freedom. And the irony about it is, to me personally, is we, we strive and push so hard to become this thing that generations from before have put into place that genuinely have no, no real element in today's society. They don't really make any sense. 
So back to back to why I believe baby boomers hate millennials, because this woman uses the internet. And I don't know what her personal life is like. I genuinely don't. That's not the point. The point is it's this marvel that she is able to sell these workbooks for $5. And even if you just go with half of the followers that she has, let's say half of the people, 5,000 people are purchasing these workbooks because every single person on the planet can say, yeah, I can spend $5 every month because they do that every time they go to Starbucks, right? They blow $6 on a coffee that's going to tank their sugar, probably store some fat, make them jittery, make them make their anxiety peak and go overwhelming and they're addicted to it. So they're going to keep going back to it. <laughs> So this woman has has made these workbooks at $5. If only half, let's even let's not even say half. Let's say just like 1%, right? 1000 followers are buying these workbooks every single month that she has set up. That's $5000 a month. I don't know about you, and I'm not talking about printing costs or anything else. I'm talking about 100% like pure income profit right there without going into details about taxes and whatnot. Just just total surface level. $5,000 a month could change most people's lives. And if she's doing this on an automated system and just utilizing the internet where a job quote unquote, should not exist. That means that this amazing, beautiful bitch has figured out how to bring in $5,000 into her family's life without going nine to five, without working like Gary Vee's obsessive, crazy tactics, right? Without needing a million followers, without having to work 60 hours a week, without um, shoving their kids to the side because you have to focus on the computer. So you put a screen in front of their face too. And I'm guilty of that. I am definitely guilty of that. But it's, it's one of those, like we have, we have influencers and all they've done is they've started rating different things. They've given their honest to God opinion. And because we know it's their honest opinion, we actually trust them and we pay for them to tell us what they think about a company. And that company will pay them to talk about their products, right? Good, bad, or otherwise, it doesn't matter. You paid me to talk about this, I will talk about this. That's why influencers exist. You have YouTube stars that go on, um, one of my favorite guys, uh, Victor Otto or Aaron Daughtry, both of them have a couple hundred thousand followers. Now, when you have that many followers on YouTube, which by the way, for the user is a completely free access. I do not need to pay for YouTube. It's really obnoxious that they keep pushing the YouTube subscription. I wish there was a button that says, stop asking me. <laughs> but um I don't pay for YouTube. That's free access. So I have full free un unlimited access to these people that I watch all the time. And yet because of the same thing and the way advertisements work and everything, they actually have figured out how to make an income with that, a steady source of income. Then you have people like this witchy, beautiful, amazing account who figured out how to set up these workbooks that people want 
that they will use, that they will purchase every single month. And she's using just a, a, an e-commerce store, just a, a checkout thing, right? So in the same in the same element that what worked for the older generations before no longer works for us now it's just not reasonable it's not viable it's not even it's not even something that that you can pretend would work the average american family has to have two sources of income because they cannot make ends meet otherwise. That's why there's so many side hustles. Uber, Airbnb, um, DoorDash, the, the, the what is it, Grubhub or Uber Eats or all of those things. Those are all ways that are basically MLMs for you to come in and make a shit ton of money on the side, legitimately on the side. So we're breaking all the rules. We're, we're, we're tossing the nine to five out the window so much so that now remote workers, nomads are actually more prevalent than having a physical office. Because if you pay somebody and if you're a business owner, I need you to listen to this piece, especially if you're trying to expand and buy employees, buy employees. Oh, that's another conversation for another day. Um, when you pay somebody, let's say, let's say it's $15 an hour, which doesn't help their family at all, other than making sure that they're not homeless, maybe, possibly. So you pay them $15 an hour, which seems like a really good price from the employment standpoint, right? However, if you must have an, uh, an office for them, you are paying for electricity, for the overhead, for the software, for the hardware, for the equipment, for va vacation time. You have to have a staff break room by law so that they can actually take a break. You have to pay for the electricity of that building as well as the water and the power because you have to have bathrooms as well as the real estate for that physical building. So that $15 an hour person who honestly will tap out and spend about 20% of their time surfing the internet because you're, the human brain just simply cannot focus as much as we have believed that we can, then you are actually paying about $27 an hour to have that employee physically be there so you can micromanage. Again, millennials have figured out, no, 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 I don't care when the work is done. I don't care how the work is done. I don't care if you do it from a beach in Fiji or if you do it from your bedroom in in Ohio, right? As long as the work gets done when it needs to be done and you are communicative and you actually check in with us, I can pay you more per hour and then it is your responsibility to make sure your software and your hardware are up to date. So this same person who has the same skill set, who is probably better for your company on the other side of the country than somebody that is locally to you, you can pay them, let's say $25 an hour, which is approximately what you would pay to have them physically next to you, but they're going to be more efficient they're going to probably be better at their job. They're also probably going to be able to meet deadlines faster and have more loyalty towards you because they're not miserable in their job because they're stuck in a cubicle because that's what a generation from two and three 
generations ago established was necessary. It's like using a rotary phone when someone next to you has the iPhone 10 and says, dude, I can access the entirety of the world. I can do my business from my phone. I can make graphics. I can make audios. I can make videos. I can share anything that you want. I can interact with people on the other side of the planet. Why in the hell do you have a rotary phone with a cord plugged into the wall? Because it doesn't make any sense, right? So coming full circle, the idea of success and what we've been conditioned and what we believe success to be, it no longer makes sense. It no longer has any place in society as far as I'm concerned. Like, yeah, if you really, really want to be a millionaire, awesome. It's actually easier to do than you think as long as you're willing to let shit go and go with what you are drawn to and what you are good at and finding different ways to make an income without being um without buying in to the day-to-day -day drudgery right here's the other thing that i want you guys to think of i really want everybody to start writing down what success means to them. Because if success means that you put your kids in a really good school, that you take Fridays off every single week, that you're in bed by 10 so that you can get a minimum of nine hours of sleep, which I'm a pro sleeper. I am all for that, right? Now I am. I wasn't before, but I am now. And now I'm a huge advocate. Um, being able to go on dates with your partner, being able to take vacations. There's all these ways that you could do that and own your business and do your podcast and have your side hustle without going crazy. There really is. I know there is. Because what used to work no longer works. And we need to stop pretending like this, this working constantly for somebody that doesn't give a shit about us is the only way to live. I do not believe that we are born solely to lose weight and work and that's it and pay bills. It doesn't make any sense. There's there's such a disconnect with just how nature works, right? You take farmers, for example, some of the hardest working goddamn humans that ever existed on the planet. And one of the most iconic scenes that you see with farmers is after they are done tilling the field for like 12 solid hours, they sit on their porch and they watch the sunset in a rocking chair and do nothing. I don't, that feels so much more successful to me than putting all of your happiness into a physical object or having millions of fans so that somebody knows your name. Like, I really feel we need to reassess success, both personally and as a society. I really think we need to start celebrating people for doing what they love and making an income from it because you totally can. You totally can. You can teach an online course on how to knit baby Yodas. I'm not even joking. I saw one the other day and it's amazing, right? So I want you guys to really think outside the box. I really want you guys to, to write down the things that you deem would 
make you feel like you were a success. And this is not going to be the same dream that your mama had when you were 16 years old and wanted you to marry a a doctor or a lawyer or be a trophy wife. So you quote unquote, never had to worry. Well, that's not accurate. It's not, it's not even, it's not even realistic because personally I was the trophy wife at one point. I wasn't actually a wife. I was a fiance, but I was the trophy. That was it. And I was miserable and I was not valued for who I am as a human being. And I can tell you right now, my husband and I have gone through some serious shit in our lives. We've been homeless. He's lost his job. I've had severe health issues. We almost got divorced. There was almost an affair, like all kinds of things. And yet at the end of the day, I would do anything for that man. I would walk to the ends of the earth and be on for him because I know he would do the same for me. And to me, that is a successful marriage. Just like with my business now, I have enough that my family is okay. We can go out on dates. We can have some fun times. We can pay all of our bills. And I'm and and I'm not dying. And I'm not so exhausted that I can't spend time with my son. We had board game night last night before bed. And 18 months ago, I wouldn't have been able to do that. I would have been way too stressed about what project needs to be done. So I really, really, really hope you guys take a minute to figure out what success looks like for you and stop beating your head against the wall and trying to duplicate something for somebody else. Because ultimately, you need to enjoy your life no matter what it looks like. You need to find joy in what you bring to the table because y'all, that, that is how you are a badass. Thank you guys so very much for joining me today and for listening. If you loved this episode or hated it, I would love to hear your feedback. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at howtobeabadass-ish. And I look forward to talking with you guys again soon. Have a wonderful day.